Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. I was excited when Pastor Steve asked me if I might share this morning. I've been very blessed with the Grow series that we've been going through as a church. I don't know. There's, there's just so much richness and so much there that I've been super excited. And the stuff that Pastor Steve has put together has been tremendous. And um, I got so many things stirred inside me through that, that I kind of want to follow along that. But, you know, one of the things that's interesting is that it makes a lot of sense that the Lord would use examples like that out of grow, and, and there's so many of them in the Word, for an agricultural-based society, yeah. right? I mean, if your life is planting stuff and harvesting it, having lessons about planting and harvesting just is totally relatable. And it kind of made me think a little bit like, well, in our information age-based society, if Jesus was here today, what kind of stuff would he use to teach us, right? Yeah. So the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man who waited on the streets of New York for 48 hours to buy an iPhone 10. Yeah. <laughs> and lo, he bought the iPhone 10 and was excited and crossing the street, dropped it, and the taxi ran over it. Therefore, put not your hope in the things of this world. You know, I don't know exactly. And that's just a freebie, but, uh, you know... The Lord's relatable to us, and even in, in things that, that we would relate to, I just thought, you know, it's kind of funny, but there's so many great, great scriptures and so many great examples and so much richness. And so I kind of had a little bit of trouble coming up with an appropriate title for the message because some things stirring in my heart and some things we want to explore, but I just figured, you know, Thoughts on grow is a good place to start, and we'll explore a little bit on this, all right? Okay, let me just pray really quick. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to, to speak and share, Lord God. Thank you for the opportunity to look into your word, Lord, to, to see some lessons, Lord God, to, to have some things, Lord, planted in our lives. Lord, we just pray that you would be with us in this time, that you would speak through me. Lord, let my thoughts be clear in orderly in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I want to take a look at kind of the key scripture from our series, Colossians 2.7. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Rooted and grounded. Pastor Steve has reiterated this multiple times over these past weeks, and especially in our Sunday services. Being rooted and built up in Christ. And that, that is, as I've been hearing that, it's been resonating within me. There's some things that have kind of stirred and brought a few things. There's three specific examples that I kind of want to explore. Let's start in John chapter 15. So if you would turn or flip or browse to John chapter 15. On your broken, well, hopefully not your broken iPhone 10s. You're, hopefully you're still satisfied with your iPhone 9 or uh, your uh, Motorola Droid Turbo 2 in this case. So I want to start with John chapter 15. I'm going to read verses uh, 1 through 
8. This is NIV version. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you be f- bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. We'll stop there. So that rooted part, one of the, the verses and the things, abide in me, abide in me, abide in the vine. I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me, stay there, stay connected, be part, stay there. Just like that being rooted is, is part of that. The thing about this abide dynamic is that the branches are integrally connected to the vine. They're not separate or distinct at all. They're part of it. They draw their life force from the vine. As the sap flows up and the nutrients come up through the vine, that's how the branch gets its part. And Jesus is the vine. We're drawing that from him, his spirit, the Holy Spirit, life force flowing up into us, connected into us. But the other part of this is that abiding, remaining means staying. And the Greek word for it is meno, and it has to remain or abide, to stay, but it's also like very spatial in its sense. There's a lot of things about Greek that are, it's an interesting language that it has a lot of, a lot of the foundational thoughts and ideas that are communicated through the words are spatially related. So like uh, the parakletos, our comforter, the Holy Spirit, is the one that's alongside, like right here next to me. And I remember this word meno from another Bible study I had to do, a word study in Bible college. And the word was persevere, to persevere, and it was hupomone. And it was to bear up under, to be placed underneath and stay there while there was pressure coming down from above. And, and in this sense, it's just staying in one place, remaining, abide, stay, abide in the vine. Now, this brought me to, as I was thinking about this, one of the things that the Lord was very clear in saying to, to me, but to, to my wife and I, we were going through a prophetic assembly while we were here, and, and there were some prophets ministering over us. I remember one of the things, one of the first things that one of the guys, when he got up and said, he said to us, put down your roots. You are planted. This is your place. Like, this is your home church. We were still in the military at the time, and, you know, uh, military life is somewhat transient, right? You, you kind of don't know. You could be ordered to move here or there, but Put down your roots. You are planted. Now, that wasn't exactly a surprise, but it was a really good confirmation 
you know, that we knew that, hey, God was, was putting us here and this was where we're supposed to be. And that whole remain and abide, stay rooted, put down your roots. You know, the other part of that is if God wants to transplant you, that's his business. It's not for us to be, you know, that sure looks like a better place over there. And maybe, maybe I should go check that out. No, it's, if God moves it, it'll be real clear. But put down your roots. Stay where you're supposed to stay. Abide. Remain. Now, some other things about this, about vines and about vineyards and about this whole dynamic that we see from this illustration in John is that vines get purposefully pruned. They get purposefully pruned. Pastor Steve shared about pruning in the series that he did and grow, and you'll see those in your, in your booklets if you got them. This is, I'm very thankful that we printed those up because I got to listen to all of those as I posted them to social media and, and stuff, and I was like, man, these are really good. But I'm like, you know, I also would like to have just a, a hard copy and able to reference those, so thank you for putting that together. Verse 1, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Even more fruitful. So some of the reasons that you prune to maintain the vine form, to get it the way you want, to regulate the shoots. There's not too many. There's enough. You get just what you need. To improve the bud fruitfulness and placement. This is kind of interesting. They actually will plan it out if I cut off these two and leave this one here, I'm going to get a bud there, and I'm going to get produce there, where I don't leave two close together and cut the rest off because then they would compete and they wouldn't, they wouldn't work. So it's a placement. And then also to improve the fruit quality and production. So you get, when you prune a vine, you get a stronger vine. You get a, a more fruitful vine. And you also get something that will conform to the master's design. You get something that looks more like this over here that's ready to produce fruit rather than something that's kind of growing wild and spindly and going every which direction and taking away from what can be productive. Now, pruning is, is one of those things that it's not necessarily always comfortable. But the thing that, that I was thinking about this is, you know, it feels like God, if you, when you think about pruning, you think about just things getting cut off, you know, things getting, the, the bad stuff you're getting removed from your life, but it's not just that. It's also that training, yeah. that shaping to be the vessel that God's called you to be, yeah. to reach the people that God's calling you to reach, yeah. to be formed and conformed into that tool that God can use. So it's not just about, oh man, I'm getting pruned all the time. No, it's God's shaping me. God's moving me. God's teaching me things. God's doing good things in my life yeah, and building yeah. those up. So some of the consequences of not pruning, and this is a little bit ouchy. <laughs> he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. John 15, 2. Cut off. If you aren't plugged in, if you aren't rooted, if you're not grounded, you can get cut off. And that branch is completely removed, no longer connected to the vine, no longer connected to that source, no longer. 
this kind of brought to mind something that the Lord showed me when I was in high school. Um, the Lord often speaks to me through images and kind of, uh, I'm a visual learner. I learn things very well by seeing things. I can read things understand, and comprehend them, but I also I see things in pictures and that sort of thing. And I was in high school, and it was Fairbanks, Alaska. I don't know if anybody, anybody met Fairbanks? No. Good. I, I'm glad that, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Karen. But, uh, no, Fairbanks has, has its charms, but it also has some cold winters. It was a cold winter day, and I was looking from my school out the window. And here's the thing. If you ever see somebody who looks like they may be daydreaming or wool gathering, maybe God's speaking to them because God did that a lot with me. And I was looking at this tree. It was an aspen tree, and it was growing up there. And there were some branches, some of the lower branches in the tree, had kind of died off. And you'll see there are types of trees like that, even in our area, alders and so forth, that the lower branches will die and they'll dry, they'll sort of rot and eventually fall off. But the crown, the, the most of the growth is near the top of the tree. And I was looking at that and I kind of had the Lord just kind of drop something in my heart about the branches that were withered and dried up. When the winter winds came, those would be stripped off. Those would be blown off and blown away. And, you know, the lesson for me was, no, stay connected. Be, let that vibrancy, let that life remain flowing within me. But don't, don't let that connection wither and dry up. So consequences of not pruning. You get being cut off. And here's what happens to those things that are cut off in John 15, verse 6. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withered. And such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Wow. I don't want my life to be like that. To be not rooted, not plugged in, not abiding, and just have a life that's just withered, eventually burned to nothing. Nothing left of it. Now, one of the things that also stirred in my heart about as I was thinking about this and those things that uh, kind of dry up, get cut off, a lesson that God taught me, and it's a different example, a different illustration, not divine. It's the lesson of the tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. Now, people of my age generation, growing up on television, cowboy shows were where it was at. Cowboy movies, Gunsmoke, the TV show. You got that stuff all the time. Now it's cop shows and this or that, the other thing, doctor shows, whatever. But it was really cowboy TV back in the day. And one of the things that you saw in cowboy TV and cowboy movies was the classic American icon of the tumbleweed blowing across the, the town or whatever. And maybe you've never run into tumbleweeds or you've never seen them in a movie. But uh, there's some things about tumbleweeds that the Lord has taught me. Um, they, they get dried up and cut off, and you end up with this kind of round, dried bush that blows around the terrain, but they don't start that way. They don't start like this. They start like something different. Tumbleweeds start as a fast-growing, lush plant in an arid environment. 
This, this is an, a, a young tumbleweed here, probably a month old or so, maybe a little older than that, but it's big and green. It's got flowers on it. It's even got little purple flowers and striped stems. Really kind of pretty if you look up close at it. And they can get three feet tall and five to six feet wide. Tumbleweeds can be big. And they grow in these arid areas. The other thing is, often the new shoots of the tumbleweed as it's just growing up, looks like lush, young grass. Often you'll see these on the verge of a, like a county road. There'll just be this like little carpet of grassy stuff just all on the thing. Oh, that's nice grass. Not actually grass. It's going to be tumbleweeds. So tumbleweeds, you know, they start off green and they grow quickly and they, they look all everything. But what happens is as an annual plant, they dry up and their brittle stem breaks. They get broken right in that connection to the root, right there. The plant is then blown, and it's kind of round-shaped, allows the wind to blow it, and just kind of blows like a big old beach ball across the ground. And there's been a, a number of news reports. I was doing Google search and stuff, talking all about tumbleweeds, and some towns in California have had these tumbleweed invasions and stuff. But, I mean, so much so that people will get tumbleweeds stacked against their house and they can't open their door to get out because there's a 20-foot high wall of tumbleweeds 30 feet deep in their yard stacked up against their house. And tumbleweeds, as they blow, their seeds are dropping everywhere they go, just scattering everywhere, scattering as it goes and goes and goes as it's broken off. And the other important thing about the seeds is that the seeds will only grow in soil that's broken, that's open. They won't, if it rolls across a grassy meadow, the seeds won't grow there. But if it's just open, disturbed soil, the seeds will grow in there. And this is a really powerful passage from Jeremiah in the Message Bible. I like how it says this. In Jeremiah 17, 5 through 6, Cursed is the strong one who depends on mere humans, who thinks he can make it on muscle alone and sets God aside his dead weight. He is like a tumbleweed on the prairie. Out of touch with the good earth, he lives rootless and aimless in a land where nothing grows. And you can kind of see this as sometimes how some believers kind of end up. And this was brought home to me so clearly when we were going through a study through a series from John Bevere on a book that he wrote called The Bait of Satan. And this image of the tumbleweed and this lesson of the tumbleweed just came so clearly to me as we were going through this. And the thing about The Bait of Satan And its main message is that offense, when we take offense, can lead to a root of bitterness. And that root of bitterness is what grows up within us and kills that connection. It's that, it's like God was showing me that that tumbleweed and that big green lush plant, it's got this little bitty connection to its roots. And as it dries up, that bitterness comes right there, and that's what breaks it. And then 
as this person or this believer who's been offended, is hurt, and is bitter, and letting that poison saturate themselves, they let the wind blow them wherever. And they scatter these seeds of bitterness and offense and discontent. And the other thing about tumbleweeds, when they dry up, those pretty green leaves have become thorns. If you ever try to handle a a tumbleweed, you'll grab it once and then you won't grab it again without gloves because you'll end up with a handful of stickers. Those thorns, and they're, they're super fragile. They just break right off the plant. They stick in whatever. Like, yeah, tumbleweeds are not fun. It's this thorny, bitter person spreading offense as they go. Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root or root of bitterness grows up to cause trouble and defile many. The other part of that is back to how those seeds germinate. They have to have open soil. They have to have an opportunity. In order for that to grow in our hearts, we have to present it with an opportunity. Let that offense grow. Let that bitterness grow. You know, think about tumbleweeds as I was studying these. There's two little minor points about tumbleweeds. First, they're not native to North America. Does everybody, anybody know that? So they're the classic icon of the Old West, right? But no, they actually showed up in uh, they're the, the most common tumbleweed. There's multiple varieties, but this one that we see in the U.S. most often is actually, its name is Russian thistle. Comes from Siberia. Does the same thing over there, dries up, blows around, spreads seeds, right? But it's Russian thistle. It came over in an agricultural shipment. I think it started in Wisconsin, but they now they have it in basically all 48 states. It's everywhere. But it's, it kind of spread and had an op- opportunity and an opening. So it wasn't native here, but somebody let it in. Now it's a pretty massive problem. And not only do they spread and they stack up in your yard or wherever along fences, but this also is a fire hazard. Those wildfires in California, tumbleweeds are tender, and they go up like that. So don't be tumbleweed. There were a lot of sites and information. There's a lot of information about how to eradicate tumbleweeds and the things they're trying to do. You can use herbicides, and they're trying to do viruses and fungus and other pests that will, that will eat and kill tumbleweeds. And there's been some, some effect and some you know, effectiveness in that. But the thing about tumbleweeds is when they're small, you can just pull them out. It starts to grow in this little grassy plant, pull it out. It won't grow to be an adult. It won't drop seeds anymore. Those seeds are viable for one season. The next season, if it didn't grow or you pulled it out, it's done. Unless another tumbleweed comes in and more seeds fall, you're not going to have tumbleweeds there anymore. So that's, a, that's an important thing. Don't give opportunity and nip it in the bud. So kind of getting back to being rooted and not being cut off. The other thing that the Lord brought to my mind, this kind of third example or illustration, is the fir trees here in the Northwest. You've seen a fir tree that maybe has fallen over and you see these huge root pets that have, you know, the roots spread out everywhere, and you kind of, wow, you got, it's kind of cool to look at them from underneath, and you see all that, but the thing, one of the cool things about the fir trees, the Douglas firs in the Northwest especially, 
is that the roots often interweave and they interconnect. And one of the good dynamics about those trees and the root mats as they, they grow together in stands is that they kind of hold each other up. When the winds are blowing, the tree is torqued and its roots are coming, but its buddy's roots are also going over it, and those roots are holding each other there, and they're holding each other in place. But one of the other really amazing things, and this is an illustration from a site that's actually talking about it, is that when the roots cross each other, they actually join. They actually unite, and they cross-share Nutrients, And so these roots can actually join two trees. They actually become one organism, technically. Or it can be more than, than that. It can be a number of trees. But as they connect, and that, that connection brought to mind, I, I shared a message. It's been a few years ago now. I don't remember. Three or four, maybe five. I shared a message, and I called it the perfect net. And talking about how we are like a net, as a church and a community. And God has built us to be connected with each other. And when you mend a net, in the passage where Jesus meets his disciples on the shore and calls them, they were mending their nets. And you mending those nets oftentimes is tying those knots so that you get that nice triangular diamond of, of the, each segment of the net. That joint... Right there, the Greek word was katartizo. And katartizo has this sense of being so joined and united that it's become one thing, that it's, that it's connected, it's integral, it's no longer two distinct things, it's one. And that's what I see in this lesson of the fir tree, is that our roots, as God, we put them down where God planted us, we spread those roots out, especially in our, in our body of Christ with our brothers and sisters, and our roots come into contact with each other, and they overlap, and they, they join, and we become one community, one, one people in Christ. We're connected, and we can strengthen each other. When the wind is blowing hard on a brother and sister, we can be there to be a strength to them. We can be there to be part of that. You know, one of the other interesting things I found as I was looking into this, and actually where that one little white illustration came from, they have a, a picture online of a fir tree stump in a forest in Vancouver Island. And somebody cut the, the fir tree at about this high off the ground, and this probably 10-inch around tree, not a big tree. But when you normally see a stump cut off, the stump rots and decays, everything else. But what happened to this is it totally barked over. It got a complete new cap of bark, just like the same bark we see on the, on the outside edges of, the, of our fir trees, because that tree was interconnected with the others, and the others, when they found that wound, worked to give the nutrients and built this, this covering. It's amazing. Great illustration. Be connected. Be rooted. Be grounded. Abide in the vine. So the three examples. The vine. Abide in Christ. Stay connected to the vine. Don't try to separate yourself. Don't try to live apart from that. There's so much about abiding that we could get into. And 
part of my mind says that, Carol, you shared a message on abiding in, in Christ some years ago. I couldn't, it wasn't in our, in our uh, podcast, so, but there's that sense of that's where you get that anointing, that connection with Christ. When you just take the time to stay where he has you, to stay in his presence, to be there, abide in him. The other part about the vine is embrace pruning. Embrace it because it's not God being mean to us. It's God making us more fruitful. It's the Lord training us into the vessel that he can use. God putting us in places that we can be more fruitful and have a greater impact. The next one, don't let yourself be cut off. Don't be like the tumbleweed. Don't let a root of bitterness or offense take, take heart. You may be able to think of somebody you know, maybe was in church with you, and something happened, and they rolled off somewhere else. And a lot of times, they end up somewhere else, they get blown somewhere after that. And you see people that just kind of shift from place to place, church to church, but they never stay because they don't, they don't put their roots down. And last, be rooted. Be rooted and grounded in Him. Be interconnected. Let those connections happen to your brothers and sisters who God puts across your path, who God puts in next to you. There's so much strength when we connect and stay connected with our brothers and sisters. Amen. Well, I hope that these have been some things that have got your mind stirring and that your heart here. Lord, we thank you so much for how amazing you are. And Lord, we pray you would help us be more connected. You would help us to keep our roots down. Help us to connect with our brothers and sisters. Don't you would help us to not let those little things that might cause that root of bitterness to spring up, Lord, to address offenses before they become a problem, to pull things out, to not let them take root. As Pastor Steve, Lord, to forgive, be able to ask forgiveness and to give forgiveness freely. And Lord, abide in you. Let you shape our lives. Pray this now. We thank you for it. Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 